hash mark angle to the left for Adams and Terry. 48-yard field goal attempt. Set to go. Snap ball down. Kick up. Kick is on the way. And it is good! It's good! It's good! Out in the ninth inning, here on the banks of the Mississippi River, the Red Sox need one more out. Swing a ground ball. gentlemen welcome to episode 40 of the loudest sports show brought to you by the dorkening network and sponsored by deadly grounds coffee as well as silk city hot sauce with flavors like erotic fever and badass jew use code dork for a 20 percent discount and a free bottle i am your host patrick ray but you can call me patsy the angry nerd and we have been away for quite some time so i'm trying to remember the way i used to do the intro i probably could have just listened to an old episode but joining me as always is my co-host on the show my co-host in life she is slashes the ice queen we're back it's been seven plus months it's been a long time yeah it's been a long time did you miss us because we missed you yeah it's been a long time there's been some crazy stuff but this isn't a recap of the last several months episode. because i mean how much time do you have it would be a lot yes. a, a lot has happened in the world of sports over the past seven months yes uh you know championships and huge trades the bucks and won their second ever championship the braves won the world series tom brady has announced his retirement well we're gonna get into that like because that's recent news that's very recent news, so we're going to get into that. But I mean, but that's huge. That's huge. That is huge. Yeah, and a guy who had never won a playoff game before is the dude who sent him packing into retirement. Goodbye. So before we get into that, though, this year's Super Bowl and last year's Super Bowl are anomalies in the past 56 years. I think this is Super Bowl 56, 50, yeah, 56. Uh because up until last year, no team had ever had a home Super Bowl. And now we have back-to-back -back years in which there are home Super Bowls. Now, some people might be thinking like, oh, that might be kind of a kind of a coincidence or, you know, is this some sort of conspiracy? Well, it's really not because generally Super Bowl venues are handed out years in advance. And there was also a uh, you know a question of should the Super Bowl not be able to be played in L.A. Uh, in at SoFi Stadium that the Rams call home? There are also backup alternate sites, which is why for many years you would see you know uh, several Super Bowls were played in the Superdome in in New Orleans, uh, the Orange Bowl in Miami, typically places that. Uh, would would be neutral, but also would have great weather. Well, that's a big thing. You know, you can't really have the Super Bowl, let's say, 
in New England because you can't New England, count in fact, on well, exactly. I mean, even the year that they had it in New Jersey for in the the Jets slash Giants stadium, there was a massive storm like three days before. Right, like weather up north, especially in New England, you is so unreliable. You know, we recently had a storm. And two. Yeah, well, I said, yeah, but like, you know, the most recent. <laughs> we so, had an ice two storm storms, two days ago yeah, and a 30 a inch snowstorm the week before. But uh, some of our meteorologists are really unreliable in the sense that some of the forecasts were kind of all over the place. We My knew favorite... we were getting something. We knew something was happening, but we didn't quite exactly know what it was going to be until it happened. They'll be between two inches and 75 feet between now and July. My yeah. favorite thing was like all the different uh, models, predictive models that were being used, like the European model and the Canadian model, like all these different uh, meteorological models for the storm that we had two weeks ago. Uh only one of them was like, yeah, the storm's going to blow out to sea. That was the American model. And it's like, <laughs> if that isn't just a microcosm of everything, mm. it's like, no, we're right. There's not going to be a storm. I'm working just on a film uh, by Miramax, and we canceled filming the night, bef- the night before. Like, we, we got let out four and a half hours early and then canceled the following day. We just canceled again because of the ice storm that we had. Like... We had the ice storm Friday, and I went to go in on Saturday, and it took me 25 minutes to clean off my car, and my entire car was sealed shut with ice. Like, it took a significant effort for me to even open my doors. So that's how wild it is. So with weather like that, you can't really have anything unless it's in a dome. It's been played in Minnesota, but like a a place like Lambeau Field, that would be an amazing Super Bowl. But when it's like... How are you going to have thousands and thousands of fans and all these different festivities when it's 30 below? Right. You know, it's, you know, like everyone's, it's not the heat, it's the humidity. Well, it's not the cold, it's the fucking wind and the Mm -hmm. wind chill. If it's 20 degrees and sunny, like we've seen the last couple days, if you're not from around, you know, uh, uh, the north, you know, the north remembers. If you're not from around the north, like you might not have experienced this, but. If it's nice and sunny out, ice will melt even though it's still below freezing because the sun's just beating down on, on your car and, like, all the ice comes up like your car ashes. Earlier today was covered with ice when I left the house. When I got home after running errands for a couple of hours, almost completely clean. It was 29 degrees. But if it's 29 degrees and sunny and you're like, wow, it feels nice— once that wind starts whipping through, yeah, nope, it's negative. Nope, you're 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 below zero, so you don't want any of that. So, I did see a meme the other day that said, in order to prevent this from happening in the future, all Super Bowls will be played in uh, the Dallas Cowboys AT and T Stadium, oh, ha, ha, ha. so we can prevent ha, that ha. from happening. Ha. I mean, I you know what, I, I'm trying to think. If uh, I think it's 2025, unless I'm completely like just fabricating this, but I think in 2025, the Raiders uh, home stadium in Vegas will be the home of the Super Bowl. Oh, that's going to be crazy. Imagine that shit. Yeah. Like it was in, you know, it's been uh, in California a lot. Like it was in Santa Clarita. It's been uh, in um, uh, and it's been in L.A. before. It's been in San Diego. Uh, I mean, I remember the year it was in San Diego. The Chargers were one in fifteen, and their bye week was at the end of the year, so it's not like they had much of a chance, <laughs> anyways. 
but um, it had never happened. Like it had come close a couple of times, but it had always been like, you know, it's like oh the you know the the dolphins are really good, but the the Super Bowl is going to be held in Minnesota in the in the Metrodome. All these names don't mean anything to younger viewers now because those those stadiums don't longer exist. Like Seattle had the King Dome, that's gone. The Georgia Dome, gone. Like, you know, none of these places are are around anymore. The Orange Bowl, it's not the or- even if some of the stadiums still exist, they're not called that anymore. Like. I think the Bengals used to play at Three Rivers Stadium. I don't know what the hell it's called now. Well, it's because a lot of places have so many different sponsors now, and they all insist on being a part of the the name. So it's like the Tostitos, Honda, T-Mobile Center. I mean, there's. I remember in Houston, because naming rights don't always go well, Houston was Enron Field. Yeah, that didn't go well. Imagine that. Google that, kids, if you don't know what it is. Um, Ah, memories. But, you know, there are certain places that don't hit Lambeau Field, Fenway Park. Those are a couple of Yankee Stadium. But, I mean, like, they're really the exception to the rule Wrigley Field, Even Wrigley Field, you know, Wrigley Gum. But, like, that's it's always been Wrigley Field. It's not like Pepsi present, like, the Lakers play in the Staples Center. You know, there's the Pepsi Center in uh, Denver. You know, American Airlines Arena, where the Mavericks play. Even TD Garden. Well, I was going to say, well, and the TD Garden uh, was the... F- it was the, one of the first. Was it the Fleet Center? Or am I thinking of the DCU Center in Worcester? The DCU Center used to be uh, the Centrum. Um, TD might have been Fleet. I don't remember. I just remember it as Boston Garden. That's that's what it was forever. But, was but I think it Garden. was. But I think it became the Fleet Center. Well, it makes sense. That's another bank. I think TD For might have while, taken them over. Uh, yeah, and then the, then TD did, and they changed the name back to the Garden. But some of the the we're we're getting to a point. Believe me, some of the naming rights are ridiculous. Like I'm not a NASCAR guy, but if I was, I don't think I would ha- I would be able to get into. And this is a real race that happened. The SpongeBob SquarePants movie 400. You know, oh the, my God. the That's hallowed, amazing. the hallowed tradition of the SpongeBob SquarePants 400. It's like really like that's. Did it take place in Bikini Bottom? No, it was a legitimate race that like people needed to win in order to advance in like the the season seedings. Like that's a legitimate race. Like. And you see all these all these people that have. Do you think SpongeBob made an appearance? No. I'm very intrigued by this. Well, Google it. And I have a lot it. of questions. There's also, uh, you know, now a lot of teams, especially in the NBA, have, uh, like the the patches. Like the Celtics have GE. Uh, the Lakers have Wish. I'm not making that up. Like, it's a, <laughs> it's such a joke brand, but the Lakers are sponsored by Wish. So like just I mean, I, I mean I, soccer's I, been doing it for makes years. Sense. Soccer's been doing it for years and years and years. So it's like whatever. Everybody's well, I mean, just trying to NHL get more and more has, money. Well, and that's the thing, you know, uh, with COVID and everything, the NHL has started doing that too. But it's on their helmets. And you'll see uh, over the past few years in baseball stadiums where they have started putting uh, green screens and you know behind the the, the catcher. And so when, you know, the the camera angle that they use, you know, the pitcher uh, 
facing the catcher so the catcher is looking back at the camera and the batter is looking back at the camera so there's advertisements behind them so it's like you're paying for those advertisements and because it's a green screen like it used to be like a rotating thing like it would rotate every couple of innings Mm -hmm. uh, but now it's just green screen so it's that much easier and they do it in in hockey now it's all around the arena it's on the ice. I was going to say they have... Uh, like projections on right. the ice. Yep. Like, obviously, you don't see them when you're at the game, but when you're watching it on TV, you're seeing, you know, Honda, or you're seeing, you know, you know Amazon, or whatever, you know, on the, on the ice. But that got us to thinking, should the NFL just give teams home field advantage? Like, if you are... The, like, say, whoever had the best record in the league, you are going to play in the Super Bowl. Or, or the Super Bowl will be at your your stadium. Like, should that just be a thing? Or should they just keep it the way it is and try to have it on neutral ground? Because there's arguments for both sides. Like, it's the biggest game of the year, and unlike every other sp major North American sport, it's one game. It's not a seven-game series. Well, the, exactly, and that's why nobody should have home field advantage, because at least when it's a series playoffs or, or you know a, a series a serial game or, or whatever it's called, um, the series. Yeah, when they when a they play series. when they play a series, you know, obviously one team is going to have. The home advantage. Whoever has the better record gets right. more home games. Exactly. You start but, off at home. But, you know, everyone has the opportunity to play at home. Everyone has the oppor opportunity to have that advantage. Yes, one team is going to have that advantage. You know, hypothetically speaking, if it goes to a game seven, one team is going to have that advantage a game more. But if it goes to an odd numbered series of games, uh, five or seven, the team with the better record has that advantage because say it's two to two and you know you have to win that third game or that third game is going to be held whoever has a better record so i know what you're saying but what i'm saying is in that instance you know both t it's fair for both sides because both teams have that advantage to play for their home team and to and feel that energy yeah. exactly in front of their home crowd you know and feel that energy and be there be on that ice that they know so well you know in the or super bowl or in that stadium or, or, or in that right, arena but, look, of, but you know what i'm trying to say like yeah. there's familiarity there that's to the advantage and it's you know bestowed upon both teams once you know one more than other but still like you have that opportunity whereas in the super bowl it is only one game one game determines and that's one of the issues that i have with football in general the fact that the playoffs are, it's one single game it doesn't come down to a series it's not a best of type thing it is one game that determines uh the outcome of you know who's going who's doing what who who's wins moving the on yeah. and who ultimately wins the Super Bowl it is one game now I understand why it's only one game because you know they put so much it's a effort. violent impactful sport but no not it's not even that it's because of what the Super Bowl has come become it is everything that is put into the Super Bowl and this is well, exactly and that's another reason why I think that. Um, the stadium needs some sort of uh, advanced knowledge. Think about 
all of the time and effort and planning that goes into making the Super Bowl happen. If you've ever worked on a film set, you have some idea. But this is it times, because you have the choreographed dance numbers, you have... Well, know, it, it, there's the, so the much to do. This isn't right. This isn't just your, your typical home game. This is you know a football game to the nth degree. It is heightened so much. You know, it is the most popular game in America. You have like six, seven, eight, ten, twelve hours of pregame stuff that goes on you know all the different prop bets so, i mean but but not only that i'm just talking about the stadium itself think of how many extra people they have to hire to be able to really oh, maintain the capacity of you know the, the the capacity of people that are going to be there they change things around they mo- uh, modify some of the seating they you no, know they no, but when it comes to some of the boxes and stuff like that, they in the, do. In the, like in some of the like the luxury boxes. Well, because like but the... here's the thing: think about who who attends the Super Bowl, and that's another point I'm trying to make too. Who attends the Super Bowl? The fans do not attend the Super not, Bowl. Not mostly, the fans no. cannot afford to attend the not Super Bowl. Usually, you cannot no. like I will never be able to afford Super Bowl that's tickets. Not true. You know, but. I will never be able to afford tickets to the Super Bowl. You know, and to be completely honest, if I can afford tickets to anything, it's going to be to the Stanley Cup finals. Like that's I mean, we've been to playoff games, absolutely, mm-hmm. but I've never been to a Stanley Cup finals, you know, series, and I think that would be fantastic. Uh but anyways, you know, the average fan, so even if, you know, a team had the home advantage, None of their fans are going to be there because their fans can't afford to go. So counterpoint to all that, um, if you are, um, if you have it in your home stadium, so say, you know, however they decide to do it, whether it's like, okay, you're the number one seed and you're the number one seed. So whoever wins, you know, like we'll, we'll have it planned for, you know, say the number one seeds this year were Green Bay and uh, Kansas City. So those two teams, we're going to have the, the, the Super Bowl in your stadium. Obviously, they wouldn't do either one of those because weather is a factor. But let's just say they did. I mean, neither of them made it to the Super Bowl. But let's say Kansas City played, you know, Green Bay in the Super Bowl. Kansas City has a better record. Um, so they're going to play in Kansas City. If you have a better record, shouldn't you be rewarded for winning all these games? Shouldn't you be rewarded? You know, like imagine if uh, they and, only play. It like, doesn't matter. Sixteen games. So everyone counts much more. So again, playing devil's advocate for every one game you win in. Uh, football, that's four in basketball, four in hockey, ten in baseball. You know, the math isn't exact, but you get the point I'm trying to make. So the games are a lot more impactful. Each one counts so much more. If you lose two games at the beginning of the year, but then get hot at the end, you still might not make the playoffs. Look at how many teams got hot at the end of the year and didn't get into the playoffs. Um you know, you could have a better record, especially the way the seeding goes. Like there was, there was a year that seven and nine Seattle got into the playoffs, but ten win teams didn't because of the you know the way that things had to be seeded. It's really weird, and it sucks sometimes. Well, look at last year. 
the uh, NFC East. Uh, Washington got into the playoffs by winning the NFC East, and they had a losing record. They were like, what, six, six, nine, and one? They only won six games. So there were teams that had 10-plus wins that didn't get into the playoffs because you have to have a division winner in. Now, what happens if the Super Bowl was in Washington and Washington somehow made it to the Super Bowl? Do they deserve to have home field advantage against a team that, say, won 15 games or 14 games? I think that if you have that opportunity, uh, if you're a good team, and that's the thing with the NFL, is like you never know who's going to be good and who isn't. You know, and sometimes people get like, you know, people were writing the Chiefs off at the beginning of the year. They're like, oh, this team's going nowhere. And they were in the AFC Championship. Um, like, you can have an idea of who's going to be good, but there's always these surprise teams. Nobody picked the fucking Bengals to go to the Super Bowl this year. Nobody. I will say, though, that I picked the Rams. And I believe I said it on this show. As soon as the Matt Stafford trade went through, I said, as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to pick the Rams to go to the Super Bowl because Stafford had been leading a terrible Detroit team for years. And we got to see exactly how much of a difference he made by swapping him and Jared Goff. The Lions are one of the worst teams in the league, and the Rams are in the Super Bowl just by switching those two guys. Like, it's amazing. Cooper Cup went from a reliable uh, third down receiver, you know, a guy that might get you a thousand yards to getting the triple crown, you know, receptions, receiving yards and touchdowns leading the NFL in all three categories. Like it's wild how much of a difference one guy makes. And you just like saying his name. Cooper Cup. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I think he's really good. But anyways, um, I mean, we'll get into that a little more uh, into the into the main part of the show. But this is, you know, one of those things like home field advantage in every other sport is your reward for being the better team. And even in the championship, you get home field advantage. Whatever team has the better record plays at home. Now, that's all well and good in theory. But like you were saying, like Super Bowls are massive events of pageantry. And so... You need more than just a few weeks to play. Like, even if you were to say, okay, here are all the teams that are in the playoffs. Let's, let's see if we gonna, we're going to go in any of these directions. Like, whoever makes a, the Super Bowl with the best record, they get, they get the Super Bowl in, in their home stadium. It's like there's a lot of, lot of times that would have been in New York. Uh, would have been in New England. Like, how many Super Bowls did Tom Brady play in? Like, you can't... There's no dome here. You know, and gr that's a great advantage for for you when you're playing your regular games, but now you have to go play in a dome. Or you have to go play in Florida. You have to go play in Texas, California. You're You're in a neutral area, and even though you put in all this extra work and you dominated your opponents... Like, do you think the Patriots lose both of those Super Bowls to the Giants if they're playing in New England? Probably not. But because they were playing on neutral ground, it kind of changed things. I'm just saying that sometimes we see stuff that... it's it's a The NFL is the best league when it comes to parity. Because with 
you know, like the NBA, for example, it's like, all right, team one, team two, and team three, like, oh, they have the best players. They're going to be in the finals. Like, barring injury, that's who's going to be in the finals. Awesome. Why even play the season out? Like, who cares? Baseball, baseball's pretty good about parity, but you can figure out, like, who's going to be in the World Series or in the playoffs based on who spends what for money. Um, the teams that spend the most money generally are the teams that end up in the playoffs. Teams that spend the least amount of money finish in the bottom of the standings. Hockey, hockey is an aberration because if you get a hot goalie, like Montreal was in the Stanley Cup Finals last year, and now they're one of the worst teams in the league. I was going to say, Carey Price was hot. Carey Price caught on fire and dragged his team through the playoffs. Like, they had no right beating any of those teams. But the same could be said about Tim Thomas in 2011. Oh, no, he did, but he had, you know, that was a good team well, around Right, him. right, right, but I'm just saying, like, in comparison, you know, uh, hockey is different, and when it comes to the playoffs, sometimes, or, or getting into the playoffs, I should say, sometimes it really does come down to those last games as to who gets the points to make it into the, 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 the playoffs, you know, so it, it, it counts. But, you know, when it comes to the Super Bowl, you know, part of winning and, you know, what are the things that, again, just kind of flashing back to 2011, you know, the Bruins won in Vancouver. They did not win on home ice. And it would have been great. You know, obviously they celebrated. They celebrated on ice. There were some fans, you know, actual Bruins fans who made the trek to Vancouver. I'm sure there were some fans, you know, living in Vancouver. There are plenty of Canadian players on the, the Bruins roster. But um, they didn't have that fandom to really celebrate with, you know, and... Had they won at home, it would have been different. They would have had that, you know, that that fan camaraderie there to really cheer them on, you know. Um, when it comes to the, the Super Bowl, like, you're not going to have any of that regardless of where you play. Because, like I said, the fans can't afford to be but there. But if you have fans who have season tickets, they, just like how they can get playoff tickets, if you have season tickets, you should be afforded the opportunity to have a home Super Bowl. Uh, it's the same way with any sport. If you have uh, season tickets, you get first crack at the playoffs, and it's going to be less. It's not going to be you know eight grand a ticket because it's jacked up because it's artificially inflated because you know you know but Elon still, Musk wants to go to the fucking Super Bowl and sit on the say, fifty yard still, line. It's still expensive. It's generally out of the reach are, for the normal fan. You know, these teams aren't going to be celebrating with their fans <laughs> when they win. They're going to be celebrating with all of these CEOs and presidents of these companies and all of these rich people. Oh no, and they're going to be up in the boxes. You don't think they're going to come down and mingle with the commoners? No. I, well, I mean, like, I mean, you know, you know who they're going to be? Those are the contest winners. Yes, those are the people who win, uh, you know, the radio giveaways. I bought a bag of Doritos, and now I'm going to the Super Bowl. I bought 600 cases of Bud Light and hit one ticket to the Super Bowl. You know, and, and also now you're cirrhosis. Stuck at home with 600 cases of Bud Light. But like, there's a lot of my condolences. There's, but, a, there's a lot of ups and downs, pros and cons. But, but backs personally, and forths. long story short, I think they should keep it the way that they've been doing it because there's a lot 
a, a lot of to do surrounding the Super Bowl. And I think that giving the stadium, the people who work the stadiums, the heads up to prepare for this, you know, giving them plenty of time because of, like you said, Patsy, all of the pageant pageantry mm-hmm. that surrounds the Super Bowl and everything that happens, you know, um, look at the halftime show alone, all of the effort that goes into just that. You know, that's something that these people like the performers and stuff start planning for you know a year in advance so you know knowing where it's going to be held exactly what their dimensions are that they're working with and you know setting up the light shows and all of that stuff you know i I think it's just it's beneficial for all parties involved to keep it the way that it is and i think that having both teams play on a neutral ground really shows you who the better team is in theory I mean, there's <clears throat> again. We could go back and forth again. On this like, for a I while. mean, this is something we've already talked about this for for almost a half hour at this point. So I think we should just call it, wrap this up, go to break, and when we come back, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah, there's a lot of NFL stuff. There's a lot of uh, NHL stuff. We'll get to a little bit of NBA and uh, and baseball. Not not much to talk about in baseball, but we will uh, we will be touching on all of this stuff when we come back after this. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Greetings, Spice fans. Silk City Hot Sauce is now sponsoring the Dorkening Podcast Network. Our craft sauces are made in Vermont in small, high-quality batches using locally sourced, farm-grown ingredients. Silk City Hot Sauce comes in a variety of heat strengths and killer flavors like Jezebel, Erotic Fever, Mango Madness, and Good Morning Jonestown. And don't forget our newest creation, Hot Syrup. Make no mistake, Spice fans, this is the queen of sweet heat. There's new and unique flavors coming out all the time. Best of all, right now, listeners of the Dorkening Podcast Network can go to SilkCityHotSauce.com and use coupon code DORK. Not only will you get 20% off your order, we'll also throw in a free bottle of hot sauce. That's SilkCityHotSauce.com. Coupon code DORK. Hi, this is Larry Bird calling. Listen, I've decided I don't want to be involved in any way. And we are back. So... We have a lot of things to discuss, uh, especially now that we are, for most teams, 30 of the 32 teams, we are in the offseason, and there's been a lot of uh, a lot of change going around the NFL. As uh, Slash has pointed out earlier, Tom Brady finally retired. Uh, it was leaked out, and he was like, whoa, I didn't say that, and then he did like a few days later. So I think, you know, my theory is, and I, you know, I thought this, and then I heard a couple of commentators say the same thing. Uh, so I think that my theory is correct. 
Um, I also think it's correct because it's my theory and I'm always correct. Mm -hmm. But uh, anyways, I'm thinking he was waiting until after the Super Bowl to make this announcement. I think he was going to wait until, you know, obviously after the playoffs, after all the to do with everything. I I think he was going to wait. And, you know, I think he wanted to do it on his own terms. And his hand was kind of forced. Yeah, I, I think somebody close to him knew and leaked it to Adam Schefter so that Schefter could have, like, you know, the the scoop and like, oh, yeah, Tom Brady's retiring. Oh, I got it. I'm the one who said it. I'm the, I, I broke that news. And it's like. Because obviously it spread like wildfire. It was everywhere within seconds. If I, if it had been me, if I was going to say who would have broken the news, I would have said Jim Gray because, like, for whatever reason, he's got his head so far up Brady's ass. Like, it's ridiculous and a little bit sickening, like, the relationship that they have. Like, he fawns over Brady all the goddamn time. But I did feel bad for the guy because you could tell that, you know, he was uh, really taken aback by the fact that this news was leaked and he wasn't ready. And, you know, uh, I, I, I really... I, I saw a meme that it was, you that know, it was I, Giselle I can, with his phone. Yeah, I saw that, too. Uh you know, I, I think he wanted to make a nice statement, um, and, and which he did. And Unless you're a Patriots fan. Well, you know, I, that whole bit aside. Yeah, that whole I, dick measuring contest between him and Bill is getting old. Uh, but he did. You know, I really loved what he said about his wife. And I really do think that uh, the partners and spouses of athletes don't get enough credit for the amount of support that they throw behind, you know, their their athletes. Right. And, you know, and, and clearly this is something that Giselle has been after for years, years. She's wanted him to retire, uh, to spend more time with the family. The kids are growing up. He's missed a lot of things. And, you know, the fact that she's been so patient and stuck with it. I mean, she's a fucking supermodel. She is gorgeous and could have divorced his ass and well, gone and got anybody else. But she didn't. That's the and that's the, the thing I was going to bring up when, you know, you don't hear so much about the support you hear more about like oh here's the latest gallery of you know player wives and girlfriends like here's what this girl looks like in a bikini here's what this girl looks like partially undressed like that's all they really care about like oh look how hot these athlete wives are and it's like they're no, I mean, other than maybe the Mahomes girl there. I don't know. Oh, her name. God, Brittany. Brittany. I was going to call her Becky. I don't know. Well, she's not a Mahomes yet. No. They're engaged. But she's a fucking winner. But uh, anyway, she's not but, like Cooper Cup's wife. But but here's the thing. You know, I, I actually felt Brad for bad. Bad. Brad? For, I felt Brad for Tom Who's Brad? Brady. <laughs> I felt bad for Tom Brady for a moment because, you know, he was almost speechless in the fact that this news dropped before he was really ready to release it so you know and and to have his career come to an end like that you know to have that taken away from him i think is really cruel yeah it wasn't um you know 22 years in the nfl that's crazy seven super bowl rings you know he's definitely the greatest of all time i will give him that regardless of how annoying i thought he was 
you know, I I liked him at the beginning of his career when he wasn't like this fucking weirdo. Like, I drink tomato juice so I don't get a sunburn. I drink special water that keeps me from getting a concussion. TV really? 12. Do you? Uh, yeah. Ooh, if just, you eat uh, this avocado ice cream and take these supplements, you won't get cancer. It's like... Just, that, just, just wear your man Uggs, Tom. Just, there was, just that wear was your Uggs. definitely something he... Or his but, but brand it, promoted, like, ooh, yeah, this, will, like, this will cure cancer. He got really obnoxious at times, but, you know, here's the thing. He was a great player, and he will go down as irritated a really the shit great out of player. me, but um, that's all right. But, you know, uh, yeah, I, I really felt for him the fact that this was taken away from him, you know, being able to drop the news himself. And obviously there was some controversy surrounding it with the whole admitting uh, the Patriots in general in his Just response. Just totally leaving him out. Um, you know, but so. But then how about, you know, the, the they were they were talking about this on uh, 98.5 The Sports Hub a little bit. And they were talking about the response that Bill had, like, oh, it was an honor to coach TB12, the greatest of all time, from his humble beginnings. Like, oh, you taking a shot that he's like this arrogant douche now? A little bit. It's like, oh, it was an honor to draft him and coach him and make him into the player that he is. Like, I'm responsible for you. Like, it's like, ah, oh. oh, I mean, I, I've always been, I've never been, it's a 50-50 thing. I've always been, like, is 90% Brady. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, no well, coach absolutely. wins. Well, but here's the thing, you know, and, and ultimately one of the reasons why Tom left the Patriots, all of the pay cuts that he took in order to be able to build a team around him, you know, I will give they him that. That is, him. that is, you know, a, a real true sign of, of great leadership right there. Let me give you a, a – to put this in perspective – Aaron Rodgers next year, because they're talking about a trade, you know, potentially. Um, Aaron Rodgers next year, his salary cap hit will be $46 million. Tom Brady, the last year before he left for Tampa, was offered $14.5 million. And when he's like, go fuck yourself, $14.5 million. And he even, even playing for Tampa, two years, $50 million. Like... For a quarterback, Josh Allen makes like Derek Carr, Matt Stafford, Josh Allen, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, obviously Mahomes, uh, Lamar Jackson, like all these guys make thirty four. Like Russell Wilson makes forty million. Like all these guys make forty plus million dollars, and you're gonna offer Tom Brady, who had at the time six Super Bowl rings, fourteen and a half. And when he turned it down, what did they do? They gave it to their fucking guard. A, a guard. Like, that's ridiculous. So, I, I, I was, honestly, I was rooting for Tom to win that Super Bowl last year. Because I, mean, I thought it was just a great way to stick it to Belichick. Well, yeah, and it really put an end to the debate, you know, is it Bill or is it Tom? Well, especially because like, oh, Bill can win with everybody, anybody. Oh my God, he just got Cam Newton for for how much? Oh, what a steal! Yeah, Cam Newton looked like he was throwing bricks, like <sighs> it was the most disgusting thing. And people were like, yeah, but did you see what he did against Seattle? Oh, he threw for like three eighty-two and four touchdowns or whatever the fuck it was. And guess what? They lost that game. 
Like, I also saw what else he did the rest of the year. And then he's probably going to come back. We'll talk about this a little later, but he's probably going to end up coming back uh, to the Panthers because they have nothing else. So let's let's start talking about the quarterback movement. Uh, we'll start with the AFC, uh, and we'll start with the AFC East. So in the AFC East, there are four teams. They are the Dolphins, the Jets, the Bills, and the Patriots. How about them Dolphins? Every fucking time. Uh, the Jets are fine. They're not. They're with Zach Wilson. They're going to ruin his career the way they ruin everybody else's career. So um, they just drafted him. He was a rookie last year, so he's not going anywhere. Mac Jones, not going anywhere. He just got drafted. Uh, Josh Allen, obviously not going anywhere. Yeah, no. Like, that dude is... So there's like somebody uh, uh, Shannon Sharp was talking about how there's never going to be an, anybody else like Brady because like right now like there's no like Aaron Rodgers is the only guy really that's got more than one uh trip to the Super Bowl in the NFL. So like uh, no I'm sorry uh him and Mahomes but like he like right now Mahomes, you know, everyone's like, oh, Mahomes is going to be the next Brady. It's like, yeah, but now there's Burrow. Now there's Herbert. Now there's uh, Josh Allen. Like he's going to go through those three just to get to the Super Bowl. Like and they're all in the same conference. Herbert's in the same division. Um, it's going to be tough because there's a lot of young players that are going to be good. And who knows what Mac Jones is going to turn out to be. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with Derek Carr in the next few years of his career. Um, you know, we'll see what happens in, you know, the NFC, but there's a lot of quality players that are going to, these guys are going to knock each other out of the playoffs every year. Like I, we saw it, like Mahomes knocked out, Allen and then Burrow knocked out Mahomes in back-to-back weeks. Mm-hmm. These playoffs, I know you didn't watch much of them. I, yeah, I watched a little bit. I watched. I enough. watched. I watched almost all of it. And these games, especially the last. I mean, two I, weeks, I listened. I heard you watching them. The last two weeks, like every game coming down to a field goal at the end, and then, like there were no blowout games in the divisional and championship rounds. Like every game was tight. Every game was close. Every game came down to one team just making enough plays to out execute the other it was amazing or it came down to the refs interfering and causing no 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 no. that was that was their own fault that was their own fault especially after listening to shannon sharp who won three super bowls knows what he's talking about uh now i said what i said yeah well i said what i said good day sir uh, you're wrong but that's fine you're wrong so the only question in the AFC East, especially with what's going on with their coach. Now, I'm reading off an outline that I made a couple of weeks ago. So there are a few things that have changed that uh, we'll, we'll address as we come across them in the, uh, <clears throat> in the update, uh, in the outline. But will the Dolphins keep Tua Tagovailoa or will they again attempt to find Deshaun Watson? Well, the Dolphins were on an upswing the last two years. They after Brian Flores took them to a five and eleven record his first year. The last two years they had winning records. They should have made the playoffs. They didn't. Whatever, no big deal. Tua is still developing. Uh, I don't think he's a long term answer. I don't think he's all that good. But 
you know, he's a he's an average quarterback that with a good defense and some solid weapons, which he has, um, he can win you a few games. Especially now that there's 17 games, he can he can get you to a 10 and seven record, even though they're in a, a fairly difficult division with the Patriots and Bills, and then you get the the Jets, who are the Jets, um, but. If Brian Flores is to be believed, and I see no reason why he would lie and attempt to destroy his future career, um, the Dolphins owner is just not interested in winning. They want young teams uh, because these are all billionaires who run these teams like businesses and treat players as like interchangeable parts. Uh, They are... uh, they they don't treat them as people. It's uh, so as as we're talking about this, uh, Ash just pulled this up. Uh, go ahead. So, Dolphins name forty niners defensive coordinator. Defensive coordinator Mike McDaniel as new coach. So McDaniel was good. The Niners had a decent defense. Um, I mean, obviously good enough to hold Aaron Rodgers to a single touchdown and only 10 points in uh, in the a- AFC Divisional so says, round. McDaniel will replace Bly- Brian Flores, who was fired after posting a 9-8 record in 2021. Beating the Patriots in the first and last game of the season, providing bookend wins. So two of those wins were against a playoff team that... Uh, got shellacked by the Bills. So having a new coach, I wouldn't be surprised if they got rid of Tua and decided well, to go for Deshaun Watson. You also have to decide if you're... Um, if they take Watson, they'll win more games. If they go after Watson, they will win more games. He is a better quarterback. He runs better. He throws better. Uh, he led the league in passing but, last you know, year for the Texans, despite having a 4-12 and record. He led the league in passing. I mean, and as a new head coach... You know, he's probably going to want to make some big changes. No, it's not generally the coaches that do that. It's the GMs that will do that. So the coaches will bring in their own coaching staff, but it, the coaches generally don't go in and say, "Okay, we want to get rid of all the, uh, we want to get rid of the quarterback," unless they are a coach with significant pedigree, which we will get to when we talk about the AFC West. Uh, if you are a coach with a significant pedigree and a, a fairly solid resume, then you can make those decisions. But uh, it's, I mean, there are coaches that are like, I want to have complete control. And when you get those coaches, they generally fucking fail. Uh, it, and even even Belichick, who has complete control over all player personnel, cannot draft a wide receiver to save his life, cannot draft a running back to save his life. Like, he is not good at drafting. He's not. Like, he'll find steals in, like, the fourth, fifth, sixth rounds. You know, Gronkowski, Brady, guys like that. But give him a pick in the, you know, Nikhil Harry, Chad Jackson. Who? Right. Lawrence Maroney, Sony Michelle, who's a Ram now uh, and probably going to get a Super Bowl ring. Like, all these guys that he's dra- he's good at signing free agents, usually, but drafting, we need two tight ends. He drafts Dalton Keene and some other fucking guy. I don't even know his name. Uh, and then to show how good he was at, dra- at drafting, he went out and signed the two top uh, free agent uh, tight ends at uh, Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. So it's like, you just drafted two tight ends. Why do you need two more? Because those guys were terrible. So generally, 
you should stick to coaching or you should stick to player personnel. Doing both is generally a bad idea. So we'll we'll get into this uh, in a little while. But if the owner of the Dolphins, whose name I can't remember, I want to call him Robert Palmer, and I know that's wrong. That's the addicted he's addicted to, to love. To love yes. Yeah, that's the addicted to love guy. But it's something along those lines. Uh, they should keep Tua uh, if he wants to prove that yes, losing is what he wants. But if he trades for Deshaun Watson, who's you know, if he gets over his legal problems well i was gonna say it, it, this whole move depending on what he does is going to be interesting given the lawsuit that flores multiple has, oh, that yeah. flores has filed the class action suit yes which so before we go further because we're still talking about miami the 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 lawsuit that he has filed is saying that um minority head coaches are not getting their fair shake. Like Eric Bieniemy, who is the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs, who have put up historic numbers over the past few years, um, somehow is still not a head coach. And they, you know, every time he interviews for a job, somebody says, "Well, you know, we interviewed this guy, and we think he's the the better candidate." Um, Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator of the Bucks. Former quarterback, Eric Bieniemy was a running back for the Chargers. Leftwich was uh, one of the first quarterbacks drafted by the uh, by the Jaguars. Um, they, they have very good football minds. It's generally not the guys who are superstars that make it uh, as coaches. Uh, Bieniemy was not a superstar. He had like one solid run, if I remember, uh, back in the playoffs in the 90s. Um, for San Diego, because they were San Diego at the time, not Los Angeles. Um, and Leftwich, Leftwich was a decent quarterback, but he bounced around a little bit. But he didn't, he didn't do much. Uh, and I believe he was eventually replaced by David Garrard. So, um, but they're both phenomenal coaches. Jeff Fisher, same thing. You know, he played for the uh, the '85 Bears. Um, Mike Singletary was an amazing linebacker terrible head coach so it all it all depends on 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 where you land on that but anyways um his lawsuit is alleging that he was brought in and they had already decided to give the job to brian dallow who i never fucking heard of like i don't know who he is but to say that he is a better head coaching candidate than Brian Flores, who just led a team to winning records in back-to-back years after taking a franchise that had done nothing, helping develop Tua into a functional quarterback. Um, And this is a kid, like, honestly, I think Tua had some uh, emotional baggage. Like, this is a kid whose dad forced him to throw left-handed as a kid so that he could be a left-handed quarterback. Like, something was seriously wrong with his dad, and he passed it on to his kid. Like, he would tie his right arm to his side and force him to play left-handed, do everything left-handed. So he would make him a left-handed quarterback so that he would be more appealing uh, in drafts. Like, that's some fucked up shit to do. That really is. So, I think Tua's got some some issues, you know, maybe buried down deep that he has to overcome. Um, 
but Flores has done a nice job. Flores has done a, a really good job helping that defense as well. Brian Dallow, I have no clue who the fuck he is. Like, I've never heard his name before. Um, my biggest issue with all of this is a rule that was put in place. It's called the Rooney Rule that states you must, if you have a head coaching vacancy, you must interview a minority coach in your search. Now, throwing this out just as an example, I'm Jerry Jones. Sean Payton is available. I know Sean Payton's track record. I want that guy as my coach. However, because of the Rooney rule, I have to interview a couple of coaches of color, at least one. So what I'm doing is wasting my time and I'm wasting that coach's time because there's no chance I'm going to hire that person because Sean Payton is the guy that I want to run my team. And I know Sean Payton uh, should run my team because of the series of success that he had for years as the coach of the New Orleans Saints. That's the guy I think can bring the the uh, discipline and leadership needed to my Dallas Cowboys so that I can get over the hump and finally get back to the Super Bowl. But I'm going to bring in Byron Leftwich anyways because I have to make sure that I comply with this rule. Now, the spirit of the rule is good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I agree with that 100%, but I don't agree with the wasting of people's time. Right. In the scenario that I just provided you, it's fucking stupid. Like, say suddenly Belichick becomes available. Every team's going to want Belichick as their coach, or just about every team. And everyone's going to be like, that's who I want, that's who I want, that's who I want. They won't even interview him. They'll just be like, here's a dump truck full of money. But they still have to interview a, a, a coach of color. Which, again, in theory, it's a good idea because maybe you get blown away. But the problem is a lot of these guys are fucking racists, Jerry Jones included. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. They're absolute hardcore Trump-supporting racists. But also, so in that lawsuit, Flores alleges that Dolphins owner Stephen Ross offered him $100,000 bonus for each loss during the 2019 season in order to secure the number one pick in the 2020 draft. And Flores says that he did not comply. Right. Because so, so there's a little bit more to that lawsuit than just the, the whole And that's why I was thing. saying if they keep Tua, that validates what Flores was saying. If they try to trade for a better quarterback like, say, Watson, that shows that they're trying to win games. So, like, I don't understand. If you're trying to get the number one pick, once you get that, like, if you have a bunch of young players, you don't have to pay them a lot. That's that's the thing. Like, if you have a bunch of young role players. Uh, but the problem is, if you get a player in the first round and you have, like, the number one overall pick or, like, even the top five pick, you're paying those guys a shit ton of money. Like, if your goal is to save money or if you just want to get a good quarterback and surround him with garbage like what the Jets do and then ruin that kid's career, but, like, your profits still stay up. Like, hey, we got the number one pick. That's going to put asses in seats. I don't know. I think it's it's a terrible system, and the fact that everybody sticks up for each other. Like, the whole investigation that ended up costing John Gruden his job because of the racist shit that he said. You know, all those emails came out, and he was sending those emails to other people. So 
the new ruling in the case against Dan Snyder, who was involved with those emails, uh, Dan Snyder is the one who has final say as to whether or not the shit that comes out, all the findings, whether or not that goes public. I wonder which way he's going to fucking go. Like, how fucked up is that? Like, if you had an investigation into you, and they were like, oh, we found all this shit uh, on your computer, and we want to know if it's okay with you if we let everyone know in the public that, that you had all this stuff on your computer. Is that okay? And you say, no, it's not. And they're like, oh, all right, well, I guess no one will ever find out. That's not the way that fucking works. How is it that, you know, because he's a billionaire, we don't get to find out the shady shit he was up to? Well, no, because he has money. Right. So, but yeah, so let's let's get back to, to, to quarterbacks because I'm going to, we're going to derail this and uh, even further and I'm just getting angry. Uh, so in the AFC West, now originally, oh no, I had that in there. All right. So obviously the Chiefs, not getting rid of Mahomes. Dude's got a $500 million contract over the next 10 years. He's not going anywhere. Justin Herbert. Um, I didn't see much of this kid. But what I did see uh, towards the end of the year, the pl- the I say playoff, but like the last game of the year against the Raiders, that kid can fucking play. Like I was really impressed with him. Um, that division is going to be good for a long time, uh, depending on what the Raiders do, but we'll get to that in a second. But obviously the Chiefs and the Chargers, nothing is changing on that quarterback front. Those guys are there. They're entrenched. They're not going anywhere. The Broncos recently hired Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. Now, a lot of people are saying, and again, this is one of those calculated moves. Nathaniel Hackett is a white dude. This is the guy we want because we want to potentially trade for Aaron Rodgers. And if we have this offensive coordinator who he has a good relationship with, that might help sweeten the deal. Whether or not they think he's going to be a good coach or, you know, whether or not they think he's going to be able to lead the franchise, immaterial. If they can get two years out of Aaron Rodgers and a Super Bowl, that's all they care about. So, again, they'll have to bring in some black coaches and interview them and then be like, well, you know, thanks for your time. We're ha- hiring the white dude. Um, but that's the whole thing is Aaron Rodgers, again, fuck that guy. Um, is he going to be traded or is he going to stay in Green Bay one more year because he has one year left on his contract and anybody who trades for him is going to have to take on that $46 million cap hit. That's huge. That's like 25% of your team's entire cap, but you can always convert that into sign. It's it's weird. The, the, the cap doesn't mean anything in the NFL. So I originally had... What's next for Derek Carr? Is he done with the Raiders, or will this playoff run help his status as a franchise quarterback? Now, I typed this up before Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels were brought in from the Patriots to be the GM and head coach, respectively. I didn't want Josh McDaniels. I want nothing to do with anybody from the Belichick coaching tree because nobody from the Belichick coaching tree is any fucking good on their own. Matt Patricia sucked with the Lions. Bill O'Brien, he was the best one, and he was trash. He traded the best wide receiver in football for a washed-up running back. He destroyed the Texans. Like, I think they had one or two playoff games, including one that they beat the Raiders. 
but that's because that was the season that Derek Carr broke his leg when he was on his way to the MVP. But I don't want him. Romeo Crennel did nothing with the Chiefs. Uh, Eric Mangini, the Browns and the Jets, nope, he did jack shit. The only one that you could even say has any uh, real success, Charlie Weiss is the other one. Like Charlie Weiss did nothing after being with Belichick. Uh, Joe Judge with the Giants, no. Um, the only one you could argue, Mike Rabel with the Titans, but Rabel was coached by him. He wasn't part of the coaching staff of the Patriots. Same thing with Gerard Mayo, who was linked to being uh, the Raiders were interested in him. But it's like, you were a linebacker's coach. I'm not going to take a linebacker's coach, have them skip defensive coordinator, and then move them up to uh, to uh, head coach. Like, maybe someday that might happen, but I don't see that happening in the NFL. And especially where you were the linebacker's coach and the defensive coordinator was Steve Belichick. Mm. Like, if you've never seen this dude, look him up. Like, for whatever reason, they focus on him on the sideline way longer and way more than they need. It's like, there's a game going on. Why are you showing Steve Belichick, like making weird faces and like lolling his tongue out of the side of his mouth. Like what? Like he looked like he was on like some sort of fucking like elephant tranquilizer. <laughs> yeah. It was the weirdest <laughs> shit. I don't know what he was doing, um, but that was their defensive coordinator. Yeah. I'm sure he got that job on his merit and not because his last name is Belichick. My dad's a coach. <laughs> no. Um, it's even worse than Mark Davis being the owner of the, the Raiders with his fucking bull haircut. Um, so He's a little lad who loves berries and cream. <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the past, McDaniels has uh, expressed um, support for Derek Carr. And he's like, oh, I like him. I think he's really good, this and that. Eh, let's take that with a grain of salt. This is a dude who drafted Tim Tebow in the first round, thinking he was a franchise quarterback. So ah, God bless. Let's uh, let's let's pump the brakes on that. So I'm not happy with the fact that they hired Josh McDaniels. I'm not happy with the fact that they hired Dave Ziegler. I wanted Eric Bieniemy. Uh, I don't care who the GM is. I wanted Eric Bieniemy as my coach. That's who I wanted. So let's move on because Derek Carr is one of those guys who has a very tradable contract he's only making 19 million dollars a year at the time <laughs> only well considering for other guys that are way worse than him Baker Mayfield makes is gonna make 30 million Dak made 76 million last year just last year Dak Prescott 76 million dollars. I heard say it like that. Because that's fucking insane. Seventy-six million. Nobody should dollars. make that much money for one season. But he did. So we have Derek Carr here, and this is a very tradable contract. He's also in the last year of his deal. I hope they keep him because I think he has a really good relationship with Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller and Brian Edwards. What they need is a deep threat wide receiver. Deshaun Jackson is not fucking it. Um, maybe so, a little more 
uh, on the defensive side of the ball because Max Crosby is a monster. I was going to say, question for you then. They keep Derek Carr. They make some adjustments in you know uh, on the field. Do you think they have a chance next year? Everybody has a chance at any time. Um, that is the stupid. Yes or no? That is so stupid. Well, I'll tell you why. Do, do you think you know if Derek Carr backing the team, they get a little bit more talent on the field? They need they need help on defense. Um, I would like to see them get a solid cornerback and a solid linebacker. I don't care if it's free agency or the draft. Cornerback, uh, linebacker. And well, preferably two corners, two corners, a linebacker, and a deep threat wide receiver. Because if you can get a big deep threat wide receiver, and this free agency class is deep, no, I don't think they're going to get Devonte Adams. I think Devonte Adams is going to go somewhere and make thirty fucking million dollars. You know, bare minimum six years, one hundred and fifty. Bare minimum, that's what he's going to get. I don't know who's going to give it to him, but wherever he goes. That's what he's going to make at least because uh, there's a lot of guys that make 20-plus million dollars at, re- at receiver. Um, but wherever he goes, like that's going to be insane. Maybe the Chiefs shed a bunch of salary and and they sign him and they go back to the Super Bowl. Who knows? But uh, I think a, a talented receiver um, and a couple of, couple of defensive upgrades – and I think they can compete for the division with Derek Carr. Which means they can compete for the AFC. Because they have to be able to score with other teams, and they have to be able to at least slow down other teams. Like, I'm not saying, you know, have, you know, the the 85 Bears or the 2000 Ravens defense or the Legion of Boom or anything like that, but if you can slow some teams down, get some stops here and there, uh, but still have the weapons to win in a shootout because that's what it takes in the NFL, and that's what you see in in the Super Bowl right now. Like that's how, I mean the 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 Bronco the Broncos the Bengals were down eighteen points to the Chiefs and managed to beat them in overtime because they made some key defensive plays like the the strip sack of uh, of Mahomes, which was jumped on by Joe Tooney, who. This is a callback. The guy who got the $14 million that the Patriots didn't give Brady when they franchised him. Uh, Joe Tooney jumped on that fumble. Uh, They had to settle for a field goal and not a touchdown. So I think that, uh, you know, plays like that, they need somebody that can do that. Max Crosby is a disruptive force. Yannick Ngakwe on the other side is a a disruptive force. So if you can get a couple guys who can cover a little bit better than what they have – I think uh, I think you uh, you got a a contender. So now let's move over to the a- AFC North. Now AFC North that consists of Cleveland, Baltimore, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh. Now Cincinnati obviously fine with Joe Burrow. Not he's not going anywhere. Um, Baltimore, for better or for worse, staying with uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, hopefully he can stay healthy because when he's healthy, he is a dynamo. Like I love watching that guy play. So that and the biggest thing that he he would need, and I have this in my notes, the Ravens should be set with their backups to Lamar because their backups played fairly well uh, and won a couple of big games for him, but they're not as good as he is. 
So Ben Roethlisberger is done. He is retired, taking his two Super Bowls. One of them, uh, he got to three, one, two, uh, beat the Cardinals and beat, Jesus, who was the other team they beat? I don't remember. I forget who they beat. They might have beaten the Packers one year. I know they lost to the Packers one year, but I don't remember who the other team he beat was. Anyways, uh, he's done. So now they need a new franchise quarterback because this guy's been playing almost as long as Brady has uh, as far as years go. Um, So I'm thinking one of my guesses, um, I think – that the Ravens in a salary shedding because there's every year there's what they call cap casualties. Uh, I think they might get rid of Matt Ryan. I wouldn't mind seeing Matt Ryan in a Pittsburgh uniform. I think that would be interesting. I think he could play fairly well, maybe change your scenery towards the end of his career. Uh, that gives them time to have somebody that can help them contend and they can draft somebody to sit behind him. How much time do you think Matt Ryan has left on his career? One or two years. Yeah. He's 36, 37, somewhere in there. So he's got maybe a year or two where he can play at a decent level. Uh, but that's enough time to give uh, the the Steelers a chance to put a decent team on the field because they need a competent quarterback because they have a pretty good offense. Um, but they also have a really good defense. So if you can add Matt Ryan on like a, a minimum salary, kind of like how Joe Flacco is for the Jets. Yep. Um Add Matt Ryan on a low salary and maybe pick up another free agent receiver or upgrade the offensive line a little bit uh, or put more money into the defense. Like, they have to figure out what they're doing with Joe Hayden. Um, I think Pittsburgh – I mean, Pittsburgh made the playoffs with a broken-down Ben Roethlisberger. Like, Matt Ryan's not much of an upgrade at this point, but if they were to draft a quarterback in, say, the late first or early – or mid-second, wherever they end up picking. Um, They could draft a guy and develop him. Or, I mean, they do have uh, Dwayne Haskins, so maybe they try to develop him. I don't know. Who knows? But it's the end of an era. Like, this is, like, a a guy that's been with this franchise for fucking 16, 17 years. So, Um, Baker Mayfield. Will the Browns move on from him? Because every year we heard, well, you know, it was this guy. It was, it was, it was Odell's fault that he wasn't good. Then it was, you know, this guy's fault. Then it was, it was everybody's fault but his. Don't worry, he's still making plenty of money on his his uh, State Farm or whatever the fuck commercials he's making. But <laughs> if they pick up his fifth year option, he's going to make thirty million. So, like, just to go Ooh. back to Derek Carr making only nineteen. Yeah. So he's going to be making like $30 million in his fifth-year option. Again, a very tradable contract, especially when it comes to quarterbacks. Um, is this a guy that could use a change of scenery and maybe get out of Cleveland? I mean, he has had three head coaches and three offensive coordinators in his in his career. But, like, these are guys that he was like, this is the guy I want. And then it's like, all right, I don't want this guy. Fire him. So it's it's really weird how that works. But if he does go somewhere, where does he go? Probably into the NFC is my guess. Probably to a team that needs a quarterback. If I were to guess, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see him traded for Matt Ryan. I know I just said I think he might go to the Steelers, but 
Um, Matt Ryan's a possibility. Send him to Detroit. I mean, that's not going to help him, but uh, Carolina needs a quarterback. Washington needs a quarterback. Who knows? Uh, there's a lot of different places he could go. Uh, AFC South. The general manager and coach and owner were very, very noncommittal when it comes to the future of Carson Wentz. Everybody was like, ooh, Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. Oh, they're going to be so good. And I was like, no, they're not, because they have Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. Carson Wentz <laughs> needs to just retire. Yes. Uh, he's still young. He's only like 28. But like, really? He's a young kid. He's only been in the league a few years, but he's always hurt. He can't make it through a full season. And the Colts have a very promising team with Jonathan Taylor, who's one of the best running backs in the league. They have good receivers. They have a good defense. The team's getting a little old, you know, with T.Y. Hilton and stuff like that. Like, you know. Do you think they would benefit from fresh blood? Oh, absolutely. They need somebody that they can bring in who, you know, maybe Baker Mayfield, maybe a swap Wentz for, for Mayfield. That's not a bad idea. I mean, Wentz can be a game manager, and that's all he'd have to be with that running game. Uh, it would take the pressure off of him. He wouldn't get hit so much. He wouldn't get hurt so much. I mean, I think Baker definitely needs to uh, to move on to a new a new situation, um, and this would put him in a position to succeed. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that that swap might work out well for them. Uh, up next, Davis Mills. Is Davis Mills good enough to get a legit shot for the Houston Texans? Um, or will Deshaun be back? Or will they look elsewhere to upgrade the position? Now, I thought Davis Mills was a pleasant surprise. He actually put up similar numbers to Mac Jones. Uh, actually, better uh, numbers than McCorkle. Um <laughs> I know, you forgot that his name I was McCorkle. his name was McCorkle. <laughs> Um, I think that, uh, I say give Davis Mills a full season, um, give him a full season and let him see what, let's, let's see what he can do. Yeah. I used to, I said that during the bills playoff game where he got absolutely rocked and fumbled. I'm like, Oh, he just got McCorkled. (laughs) So that's my, my new favorite thing to say. about. I completely, Oh, I'm having a good day now. I completely (laughs) forgot that. I don't think Deshaun Watson will be back I think uh that's a team that's fine with losing like they're gonna get a high draft pick they might use it on a quarterback maybe use it on a receiver you need a receiver all of your good receivers have left uh NFC East will Washington keep pinning their hopes on Tyler Haneke or will they move on now you may remember a very infamous episode of this particular show in which two people said Oh, Tyler Heineke, he's like that's that's their guy. He's he went toe to toe with Brady. And someone else was the voice of reason and said, "Let's see more than one game. Let's see what he can do over right, a full let, season. Let's, let him play let's a pump bit. the fucking yes. brakes and not just anoint him the starter and savior of this of this team." And boy, one of us was right and two of us were wrong because Tyler Heineke not the fucking answer. So, this is a team They've got a really good receiver in uh, Scary Terry McLaurin. They've got a really good tight end in Jordan Reed, who was hurt. They've got a decent defense led by Chase Young. Maybe Baker Mayfield comes here and gives them a chance. And 
becomes just, a becomes a Washington commander. I was going to say they just got their new name. I actually won two Washington football team helmets, so it's just the the burgundy and gold. So the burgundy face mask with gold letters and uh, well, there's no letters. There's two numbers, double zero on the side and uh, face mask. Doug Williams, Super Bowl MVP, and Scary Terry McLaurin. So I'm pretty pumped, especially because the McLaurin's a flex. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm very big into collecting uh, sports memorabilia, especially uh, helmets. And over the last, like, I went a long time without winning anything, and I was ca- starting to like be like, should I even do this anymore? And then I won a Charles Woodson Flex, which I really, really wanted. So I won that because Charles Woodson is my second favorite player of all time. Then the next day or a couple days later, I hit a Gronkowski Super Bowl 55 Flex. Flex helmets, th- that's the kind that uh, Brady wears. It's got like that weird little cutout in the front. Um, they're super rare and super valuable because the, the factory that made them burned down over the summer. Um, and... I was super excited. And then, to give you an idea, like most of you know, I'm a huge Raiders fan. But my all-time favorite player is Rod Woodson. And the first helmet I ever bought was a Rod Woodson replica helmet and I have uh, for the Raiders. And I have a Rod Woodson Raiders mini helmet. So in our group, you hear the ads all the time for Strong-Willed Sports, if you listen to this show or if you listen to Throwdown Thursday. Um, somebody won a Rod Woodson Steelers authentic helmet with 3D bumpers and visor, and oh my God, the thing was glorious. I messaged the guy, and I was like, this is my all-time favorite player. I need this helmet. What would it take? And he's like, well, I'm big into running backs. It's like, I have an extra Bo Jackson. Well, I didn't say extra, because then he would be like, well, which one Which one are you going to give me? I want that one. But I traded him a Bo Jackson with a visor and clips and a Barry Sanders jersey for this helmet, which, to be honest, is a fair trade because I was trying to find a Rod Woodson helmet like that just in general, and I can't find a Rod Woodson helmet. But it's so chic. It's so, so what is it? It is a the, the lunar matte, eclipse. So is that what the matte ones are? The matte white Steelers. I love Steelers. the matte colors. It is I think white. they're so chic. It is white with a yellow face mask uh, signed in black ink with the Hall of Fame bumper on it. Like, ugh, it's fucking amazing. I don't have any others like that. It's got a black visor with team-branded clips with the hypocycloids. Trivia fact for you, that's what the shape on the Steelers logo is called, hypocycloid. Um, oh, really? Like the little star-looking things? The little star-looking things? It's a hypocycloid. Um, that, it's it's just, it's so nice. To the point where when I told a couple of people of what I traded for it, they were like, holy shit, you must really want this guy. It's like, yeah, Rod Woodson not only... Played for the Raiders in the Super Bowl against uh, Tampa. He was with them for a couple of years, so both Rod and Charles were on the same team. Uh, he also coached no, defensive no backs. No relation. Uh, also, no relation to Darren Woodson of the Cowboys. Uh, he also coached defensive backs for the Raiders for a few years after that. So my goal now, I need a Ravens, a Raiders, and a 49ers helmet signed by Rod Woodson. 
because he played for those guys too. But I'm super happy. I finally got my Gronk. I got a Peyton Manning that I won, a little mini helmet. So I'm waiting. Barry Sanders, Brady, those are the ones I'm looking for now. Mahomes, I'd love to win a Mahomes. But uh, so, yeah, Washington quarterback, who knows. Um, The Giants have a new coach, as we talked about, Brian Dallow. No clue who the fuck he is. But, uh, you know, maybe he's an upgrade over Joe Judge. Who knows? Uh, So does uh, Daniel Jones get another shot, or do the Giants use this opportunity to move on or trade him? And I have in my notes, Jones for Mayfield. Does Jones go for Mayfield? Does Mayfield come to the Giants? Mayfield clearly loves the spotlight and loves all the attention, so New York, even though they technically play in New Jersey, New York would be a good place for him. Uh, I think both of those guys uh, would benefit from a change of scenery. Moving on to the NFC West, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, had a 17-minute Zoom call and at the end basically thanked the fans in San Francisco for everything, and he is reportedly working with his people to get a trade to uh, somewhere. He wants to go to a place that can contend. So where does Jimmy G end up? Maybe Jimmy G ends up in Cleveland. Like, there's a lot. You know, maybe he ends up in Pittsburgh. Garoppolo to Pittsburgh, that would be a good move. Garoppolo to Atlanta, that would be a good move. Uh, San Francisco already has their, uh, their next in line, Trey Lance who they drafted in the first round this year. They gave him a couple of shots, and he showed a little bit of flashes here and there. Um, the big question, though, out of the NFC West, because obviously uh, Kyler Murray's going nowhere, even though look up Kyler Murray running on YouTube. He runs like a toddler that just stole some candy. <laughs> it's so funny to see, but he de- he runs. It's just the way he runs. Uh, and obviously the Rams are all set with Matthew Stafford. So the biggest question in the NFC West is with the Seahawks. Does Russell Wilson stay, or does he seek greener pastures now that the defense isn't what it was during the Super Bowl runs, and he cannot carry the team the way he used to? If you remember last year, he was on pace. Like, people were talking about giving him the MVP, and then he just fell off a fucking cliff. Um, I think Russell Wilson is another guy, but again, he has like a forty-plus million dollar cap hit that he's going to carry with him. So wherever he goes, it's going to be a significant uh, shot to your salary cap. Um, but I think he's a guy who could help elevate a lot of teams. You know, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Washington, Carolina. There's a lot of teams that would love to have him. Um, so let's see. Uh, NFC North, those are the Bears, Packers, Lions, and Vikings. So in the for the Bears, Justin Fields showed something, but is he the answer? I think he is. I think give him a couple of years, see what he can do. Um, I think with that defense behind them, I think, and, you know, if they can bring back Allen Robinson, because I think he definitely needs that guy. He does like Jimmy Graham as well, but... Uh, will he flourish under a better coach that's not Matt Nagy? I hope so, because Matt Nagy was terrible. Uh, obviously, what will Aaron Rodgers do? We have no idea. Maybe he retires too, but I doubt it. The spotlight's on him, and he loves being the center of attention. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's engaged again to, uh, what the fuck's her name? Fault in Our Stars, Shailene Woodley. Yes. Yeah. 
I hope she sees through that because he sucks. Uh, I think Green Bay is sick of Aaron Rodgers, and I think they're going to get rid of him as soon as they can. No, I I think they are. I think that fan base, now remember, this is the only team in all of professional sports that is owned by shareholders. Being the fans, like for a thousand dollars, you can be like, "I'm part owner of the Packers." Oh, really? What what administrative and uh, clerical duties do you have? None. But I have this little practices. I'm part owner. <laughs> oh, who do you hire? What what's your annual payroll? I don't get none, but I pay you a thousand dollars. I know you're making fun of that, but I do think that's a really cool thing to do. It like, is I, kind I, of cool, but at the same time, if you're really invested in a team, like say the Bruins. Had that option, had like a shareholders option LeBron where you could owns own, part of the Red Sox, you know, a, a part of the team. Absolutely, in a heartbeat, I would take out a fucking loan and be part owner. I don't care if I'm like one one millionth of an owner, you know, just just to say that I am part owner, right? But you have no of this team because I'm such a fan, right? But you're just paying. For the, it's like the Red Sox right, selling but, but the bricks the, at Fenway Park. Thing. Like, well, I mean, it's it's no different than fucking Bitcoin. Right. It means nothing. It's fake. It's imagine. It All really money is imaginary. It really means nothing. But like, but but anyways, I think that I'm sure there are shareholder meetings that you can attend where your voice can be heard in some sort of setting. They can hear you, but you have no power whatsoever. But well, I mean, you know, it all depends on obviously the those who hold larger shares, more shares, have more of a voice than those who hold maybe one or two shares or partial shares. But still, I think it's a very cool thing that it is a team for the fans by the fans. Just like I said, again, I'm just I'm just saying, like, I mean, obviously it's 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 flawed. Everything is flawed. I get that. But I'm just saying that I think it's a really cool aspect for you to be like, yes, I am a diehard fan of this team so much so that I am a shareholder and own part of this team. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds cool in practice, but I mean, we'll we'll see. Um but, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has really been a fucking diva this past season. More so more than so usual. For, I was going to say more so for his antics off the field than on. But it's really affecting his play on the field. So, the next thing is, uh, well, it didn't affect. He's probably going to get the MVP. So, didn't really affect him all that much. Um, you know, I mean, it affected him because he's just a scumbag. But that's neither here nor there. So moving on to the Lions, uh, Jared Goff is clearly not the answer to the Lions quarterback issues that they've been dealing with forever. Um, they have uh, they have an option. Like, will they try to get another year out of him? Especially with the emergence of uh, Amon Ra St. Brown, who is a Phenomenally talented wide oh, receiver. That's a really good name. That's a great name. Uh, Amon Ra was, a, uh, I believe, the sun god in it, Egyptian yes. mythology. Yep. Uh, but Amon Ra St. Brown, the wide receiver, he's a rookie. He got overshadowed because he was playing in Detroit and he's not as flashy as Jamar Chase, who, in their win over the Chiefs in the regular season, had more receiving yards than Patrick Mahomes had passing yards, which I thought was amazing. So will they use their high draft pick to give him more on the offensive side of the ball? Or will they 
parlay that pick into a known commodity at quarterback. Um, you know, they might. They might use that to draft a trade for somebody else. Um, who knows? Who knows? I mean, quarterbacks are tough to come by. Goff does have a Super Bowl appearance, but again, it was like probably the worst Super Bowl I've ever seen. Uh, that was the Patriots 13-6 win. Remember oh, how bad that yeah, Super Bowl that was? That was so lackluster. There was no energy Tim from McVay, anyone. Tim McVeigh, their their coach, said if we had had Goff, we w- if we had had Stafford back then, we would have won the Super Bowl, and they fucking would have. So next, we move on to the AFC South, and originally I only had three teams on here, but now after the retirement of Tom Brady. I have all four teams on here. So first, Jameis Winston was hurt most of the year, but what does that mean for the Saints? It was a one-year contract. Do they bring him back? I think it would be funny as hell if he went back to the Bucs. Uh, Taysom Hill is clearly not the right guy for the job. He's great as like a Swiss Army knife, do-everything type of player, but as the full-time quarterback, and he's being paid like a starting quarterback, uh... Which I, which is why I thought it was insane that he was not uh, named the starter at the beginning of the year. Um, what do they do? Do they bring back Jameis again? What's Michael Thomas going to do? Is he finally going to be healthy and get his head screwed on straight and and play? Who knows? Next. Is the Matt Ryan era finished in Atlanta? I don't think he's done specifically, but I do think he's done in Atlanta. Uh, he might end up in Pittsburgh. He might end up in Cleveland, Washington, Carolina. I doubt he'll go to Carolina because that's inside the division, and teams generally don't do that. Although you saw the Patriots do it with Drew Bledsoe, which was kind of a dick move. Um, I don't know. I think, I think Ryan has a year or two, maybe three left in him. Um, but at least one, and he can help a team, especially if they're sitting a young quarterback. I think he can help keep a team in the playoff hunt um, and, you know, at least keep the team competitive. So for Carolina, Darnold isn't what they needed, and Cam is an absolute joke, but what will the Panthers do? Will they bring back Teddy Bridgewater, who did have some success for them before leaving for Denver after being traded from the Jets? Um or will they try to bring somebody in through free agency or a trade? Well, the problem is Darnold uh, is owed the same amount of money as Derek Carr, but Sam Darnold is not Derek Carr. Uh, Darnold is trash and is not good at all. Um, I don't know. Uh, they have a they have a lot of decisions to make when it comes to that. Um, also, one of the biggest things, like there's a lot of rumors that they might trade Christian McCaffrey, who when he's healthy and on the field is a fucking game changer. Like that dude is one of the most dynamic players. Uh, one of the most dynamic players I've seen since a guy like Marshall Falk or Roger Craig or Charlie Garner guy that can run, that can catch, you know, maybe they move him to wide receiver and, and stop having him line up at running back. So he doesn't get hurt as much. You know, maybe they use him as a slot guy cause he's about that size. So who knows now? Uh, and I added this earlier today. What do the Bucks do now that Brady has finally stepped away? Do they bring back Jameis Winston? I don't know who their backup is. Mike Glennon or some shit? I don't know. I have no idea who their backup is. Um, do they 
you know, draft somebody in the in the you know late first round? Do they look for a trade? And here's a question. One of the biggest regrets a lot of guys have is retiring too early. And a lot of times they'll retire and they miss the game and they want to come back. Brett Favre comes to mind. Do you think Brady would come out of retirement? Hold on, hold on. For a team, like say a team is five and one or six and two and they're rolling and their quarterback goes down. Do you think Brady would be like I could come back and I could win with a third team. Nobody's ever done that. I could win with a third team. Like say I, I mean <sighs> Josh Allen gets hurt. Do you think he would go play for Buffalo? Or say um I don't want to say Tampa Bay, but like say say a team with a good defense and you know, like say uh San Francisco Justin Fields gets hurt. He wanted to go to San Francisco before he went to Tampa Bay. He wanted to go to San Fran. He grew up in San Fran. He's a Niners fan. I think it would have to be the the stars would have to align. Everything would have to be just right. The circumstances would have to be just right for Tom Brady to say, yes, I will come quarterback for your team and let's go to the Super Bowl. I think that that uh, the team has to, has to have momentum. I think that team has to be going places. I think that team has to be a contender. I think that team has to be in dire straits. You know, like they have to have nobody at backup. Well, maybe not even necessarily nobody at backup. Nobody good. Right. At nobody. At, nobody at backup. You know, um, their star QB is down. Uh, their backup is garbage. What are they supposed to do? You know, and it would only be temporary. I it think, would only be I, that I think, year. I think Tom Brady would come out of retirement temporarily with the blessing of Giselle. Obviously, that that's going to be a huge thing. I think it would have to. I think the only team you would do it for is San Francisco. But I I think the stars would really have to align in order for something like that to happen. And it would only be a one time thing. You know, it'd be oh like, yeah, he's yes, forty four. Coming out of retirement, he's going to be forty five before the season there starts. There would be heavy stipulations involved. Um, there will have to be money involved you no, know you, he'd play for a minimum contract if it's just if it's just that like they, he doesn't need to the come money. out of retirement to, for a chance to win a third super bowl with another team like his contract well, was it, up. you mean an eighth super bowl with a third team another super bowl with a third team yeah y- yes um because no one's ever won, no quarterback's ever won three Super Bowls with I mean, a, a I, Super Bowl I, with three different teams. Okay, yeah, I I do think that his ego is inflated enough to want to be able to do something like that. Yes. All right, so I think I think it would have to be San Francisco, like say San Francisco's eight and one going into their bye week, but Justin Field gets hurt, and they're so out of luck. And someone John Lynch calls up Brady like, "Hey, what would it take to get you to come finish the year for us?" I mean, I don't think Tom Brady is done with football. I think that if the right circumstance happens, he'll either come out of retirement or or I see him being in a coaching position in the next couple of years. 
Oh, I don't see him being a You don't see coach. him being a coach? I, I, I see him doing something. I, I don't think he's done with football I see him entirely. I, nope. I think he's TB, done playing. TB12 across the country. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be like GNC used to be, but now it's TB12 everywhere. That's what that is. That's what he's going to be promoting. He's going to write books. He's going to uh, promote drinking Drinking Everyone it. sucks but me, the Tom Brady story. Drinking eggnog stops, I don't know, rickets. I, I don't crashing know. his boat or something. He, he's, I don't know. Like, but So let's move on to some of the coaching things. And some of these have already been proven incorrect from when I wrote them. Uh, first, Will this be the year that Byron Leftwich and Eric Bieniemy finally get a head coaching job? Probably not. How quickly will Brian Flores get another job? Probably uh, not ever. No, no, I don't think anyone's going to touch him, especially with the lawsuit. Probably not ever. Next, will Rich Bisaccia stay the Raiders, or will Mark Davis go in a different direction? I suppose it will be similar to the Derek Carr situation in which there's a wait-and-see-how-the-playoffs-go type mentality. So, we know how that went. Bisaccia actually interviewed for the Jaguars head coaching job, which they already gave away to, I don't know, some fucking guy. Uh, oh, Doug Peterson, uh, who you might remember if you're a New England Patriots fan as the guy who beat you in the Super Bowl with the Eagles, the guy who outcoached Belichick. Uh, so what jobs will be open and the most lucrative? So let's start with the Jaguars. Lots of rebuilding to do, but solid foundational pieces in, you know, you've got Etienne, uh, Robinson, You've got uh, Trevor Lawrence. You've got some good defensive players. Uh, you just need some cohesion. But uh, number one overall pick in the upcoming draft, terrible owner and a lot of negativity surrounding the team. Uh, for the Bears, uh, quarterback in place. I forget who the hell that guy was. It was some guy with a weird name that just got uh, named their coach. Another guy I never fucking heard of that they should have been left with or be enemy. Uh, they have a quarterback in place, pretty solid defense, a decent offense. You just need to know if Fields is your guy or not. So it's going to take a year or so. Uh, Vikings, uh, quarterback, wide receivers, defense in place. The only issue is that your quarterback is Kirk Cousins. Uh, the Dolphins, you have a potential franchise quarterback in place. Uh, you have a solid defense, great one, great young wide receiver, and solid veteran wide receiver in Jalen Waddle and Devontae Parker. The only question is if Tua is the guy or if the front office wants to go in another direction. Now, for the Raiders, again, Josh McDaniels is the coach. Uh, you have a solid franchise QB, one of the best running backs in the game, Josh Jacobs, when healthy, and a top three slot receiver and first-time Pro Bowler, Hunter Renfro. Uh, Super Bowl predictions. Uh, the Rams are a four-point favorite, and as we talked about earlier, this is the second straight Super Bowl with the team playing in, the, in their home stadium. Uh, and... This is added by our good buddy Jimmy Bells, who uh, unfortunately was not able to join us tonight. But uh, he asked the question, what was your favorite Super Bowl? Now, for me, uh, this is going to be a shock to a lot of people. But my favorite Super Bowl, the one that I think was the best Super Bowl ever, was the Patriots and Falcons. Uh, coming back from a 28-3 deficit mm -hmm. with you know as little time remaining as possible, Winning the first ever overtime Super Bowl, um, I mean that that one was amazing. It was an incredible Super Bowl, such a great ending. Um, oh, the Cardinals—that's who—that's uh, who they beat. 
Steelers. Because I was thinking about Super Bowls. To beat the Cardinals, beat Kurt Warner. Um, I will also say, as a uh, a runner-up, watching the Giants beat the seventeen and or eighteen and O Patriots, that was fucking awesome. Uh, or what were they nineteen? Yeah, they're nineteen and O. Yeah, watching mm-hmm. the watching the Giants beat the Patriots that had been undefeated, uh, not once but twice, especially after the Giants had lost to the Patriots in the regular season, they come back and end up winning. Um, and actually, earlier tonight, uh, a buddy of mine in uh, Strong Willed won a, a Giants authentic helmet signed by Brian Jacobs with the inscription "Two-time Super Bowl champs," which is making its way out to me because. I've been holding on to a Bucks helmet for him for a trade for a while. But, yeah, um, that's probably right up there. Um, my least favorite Super Bowl, uh, as I mentioned, was the Patriots-Rams because it's just so lackluster and boring uh, with a close second being the Bucks and Raiders with the Raiders losing 48-21. to um, How about you there, uh, Ashes? Well, uh, I can't tell you what my favorite Super Bowl was, but I can tell you what my favorite Super Bowl halftime show was. The Lady Gaga. It was the Lady Gaga show. Uh, she threw down. She was amazing. And it wasn't even Thursday. Yeah, it wasn't even Thursday. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I really enjoy the Super Bowl for what it is. I love the pageantry. I love uh, everything that surrounds it. The commercials, the halftime show, all of the to-do. Everyone really, you know, to quote a drag race term, everyone really steps their pussy up when it comes to the Super Bowl. Uh, You know, the million, multi-million dollar commercial slots and stuff like that. Like, it is just so good it is so good like it's nothing is more american than the super bowl like seriously when you think about like you know american politics and capitalism and everything else like it's really all encapsulated into you know this one event that is the super bowl but uh i live for a really good halftime show and uh, lady gaga did it for me like she was just amazing and i'm really looking forward to this year's halftime show as well so it should be an excellent halftime show. I mean, I haven't really cared too, too much about a Super Bowl since, what, the mid-90s? I'm a Cowboys fan, so that makes sense. Um, That's fair. You know, so, I mean, I, I, I haven't really uh, spent too much time invested in the game so much uh, in the past almost so, 20 years oh my god well 30 uh, 30, 30, 30 years. years wow because i can do math uh, 94 90, so i, I haven't yeah. really been invested in a in a game in the past 25 years so um we'll just put it that way but i really love the whole to do around it and uh i i will agree that the that falcons patriots game as much as i really hated to see the patriots win another fucking super bowl uh to come back from that to come back from that kind of deficit was just really impressive you know in in hindsight at the time it was just like oh insert eye roll here but you know um it was uh, to not allow yourselves to be discouraged and to keep playing and to have something click like that to 
still want to play the game being down that many points to come back not only tie but then ultimately beat them like i i think that's really impressive i agree so that's i think enough uh football talk because for, for now i mean obviously we're gonna have more to talk about next oh week God, after an hour the 12. super bowl but uh we have some hockey stuff to talk about yeah so let's that's get to some hockey um big news coming out the past couple of days fenway park is to host the 2023 winter classic we're which going. is really exciting and i really hope that i have the opportunity to get there because uh as cool as it was having it be at foxborough or whatever the fuck gillette or you know having it at fenway park is just so fucking cool and you and i had the opportunity to we didn't go to the winter classic but we went to frozen fenway a few years ago a lot of years ago at this point now that i'm thinking about it um where they had all of the hockey games happening there so we watched uh we watched northeastern and i forget who they were playing against and we watched umass uh and it was really a lot of fun i want to say either bc or bu was in there too. um yeah yeah they had Maybe a couple both. of they had a couple of different ranks set up because of you know what they were doing they were having you know the the collegiate games happening but uh but it was it was just really cool like you're at fenway park you're surrounded by all of this history we took and pictures you're next to Pesky's watching pole. hockey like it's just it's, there's, there's something kind of magical about that so to give you an idea uh, that was 10 years ago like right around now like that was 10 years ago uh and i i know that specifically because we we didn't buy the hot chocolate, but we grabbed a couple of the cups that people left behind, the souvenir oh, cups. Oh, no, we bought the hot chocolate. Did we? Oh, yeah, I was freezing. Because we have a couple of the cups. I remember being very cold. The <laughs> 100 years of Fenway, because it was 2012. Yes, yes. Yeah, and uh, if I recall, that may have been the only time we got to Fenway that year. Yeah. Sad to say, but uh, but anyways, um, so that's really exciting. Obviously, we don't know who exactly they'll be playing yet, but uh, you know, the whole Winter Classic thing is just, I think it's fabulous. I think it's such a fantastic idea. I love that it's, you know, uh, the heart of it. It's, it's outdoor pond hockey, so to speak. Um, I just love it. I think it's great. Uh, so the Olympics are currently happening in Beijing, and I love the Winter Olympics. I find the Winter Olympics to be a lot more interesting, and I'm more invested in some of the sports in the winter than I am in the summer. Uh, but no NHL players are currently on Team USA or any of the teams uh, due to covid and there is the question in the long term, good or bad for the league? Um, so here's my opinion. Uh, originally, they were against it because of COVID and traveling and whatnot. Um, and then they said yes. And then they said no. Now, they have uh, had, I know for a fact that uh, Stephen Kampfer, he used to play for the Bruins. He is currently on Team USA. He is in COVID protocol. Um, so it's, uh, unsure if he will be playing with Team USA, um, as a result of traveling and David Krejci, remember him? He is currently playing with, I believe the Czech Republic. 
public. Yep. Um, he actually has COVID and will not be able to play. Uh, you know the duration of the Olympics for the most part, um, or at least the, the the first game. So I believe the men's, the women's uh, uh, ice hockey they've already started, and we'll talk about that momentarily. But the men's teams do not start until later on this week. So I believe the first games are Wednesday. I want to say uh, the women usually start before the men do. But um, so some of these players who tested positive for COVID may not be able to play in these preliminary games. They may be able to play, obviously, if they test negative and, you know, um, go through standard protocol and stuff like that. They may be able to play later on in the series if their teams advance you know, more towards the, the metal round. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. But um, I have mixed feelings about this. So for some players, like Patrice Bergeron, uh, this may have been his last shot because, you know, with the Olympics, you know, Winter Olympics coming every four years, he's 36 right now. He will be 37 in July. Of course I know that. Um, he's been 37 since he entered the league. <laughs> yes. Uh, this may have been his last opportunity to, you know, uh, score a spot on Team Canada. And that is the same for several players in the league. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of guys. Even a guy like Sidney Crosby, who's getting up there in age, this might be his last opportunity. And I'm sure there's a bunch of other players that I'm not you know, thinking of. Um, these players may still be in the NHL Ovechkin, in four years, Malkin, but they may not be up to Olympic standards in four years. I guess that's what that's what we're trying to say. And you know, some of these players, some of these younger kids coming in lost their spot, you know, their their uh, their chance at their first Olympics run. You know, so there's there's both. You you have I mean and obviously they'll have other chances, but still, you know, it's um for some of these players being able to not only represent their team in the NHL, but being able to represent their country in the Olympics is just, uh, it's an honor and a privilege and something that they, you know, strive for. And some of these kids, you know, who, if you ask them why they want to play hockey, some of these kids say, well, it's to represent my team. It's to represent my country. You know, so to to lose out on that, you know, it's uh, it's kind of sad. But you know, in the same vein, I guess you could say, uh, it's a good thing because you know we're not losing these guys to travel. We're not losing these guys to you know potentially catching COVID through all of this travel. Now there was um, some hearsay in the NHL saying, well, you know, if these guys decide to go and play for their teams, you know, represent their countries in the in the Olympics, that uh, we aren't going to take that break. So they're going to be, you know, yes, they're representing their country and that's an honor, but their team is going to miss them. We're not going to take that break. We're not going to give them that option of, you know, so 
it may have weighed heavy on the conscience of some of these players. It would have been a great decision. Um, and then the NHL changed their mind. There's, there's, there's a lot. There's we have a some lot. breaking news. What's that? Alvin Kamara has been arrested for uh, battery in Las Vegas. Uh, New Orleans Saints star. This is uh, according to. Uh, TMZ Sports, New Orleans Saints star Alvin Kamara was arrested for battery in Vegas after allegedly beating someone up in a nightclub Saturday night. 26-year-old running back was taken to Clark County Jail and booked on a charge of battery, resulting in serious bodily injury. Las Vegas Metro PD say officers were dispatched to a local hospital at 5.50 p.m. on February 5th for a person who reported getting battered, quote, at a local nightclub. After investigating, cops determined Kamara was allegedly the guy who doled out the beating. They were able to track down the five-time pro bowler on Sunday and take him into custody without incident, according to police. Alvin was in Vegas for the pro bowl and actually played in the game Sunday, catching four passes, uh, six targets for 23 yards. In Nevada, battery with substantial bodily, bodily injury is a felony. If convicted, Kamara could face several years in prison. Long story short, don't be a douchebag. Don't punch people. Yeah, exactly. Um, so back to some really fun hockey news. In partnership with the International Ice Hockey Federation, EA Sports will be adding women's teams to its NHL games for the first time. NHL 22 will include 10 IIHF squads, including Canada, Denmark, Germany, Hungary, the Czech Republic, Finland, Japan, Russia, Switzerland, and the USA. This comes almost 10 years, I believe it happened in 2013, um, after a change in gameplay allowed gamers to create a female player for their team. I did that in 2018. Uh, I made you the uh, I am goalie. currently goalie. I have pink pads. And I am awesome. And you have uh, Jeremy Swayman's number one. Yes, because I am number one. Uh, so speaking of women's hockey and the Olympics, Team USA's women's ice hockey team is currently undefeated after a 8-0 victory over Switzerland on Sunday. They are playing out of their fucking minds, and I love to see it. So typically, when it comes to the Olympics, it usually comes down to the U.S. and, the, and Canada in the gold medal round. So it'll be interesting to see exactly what happens, but these girls are vicious, and they're fierce, and I love to see it. So it'll be interesting to see exactly what happens. The men's U.S. hockey team will take the ice for the first time in Beijing against China on Thursday, February 10th. The 2022 NHL All-Star Skills Competition and Game took place in Vegas this past weekend. The Metropolitan Division defeated the Central Division 5-3. Claude Giroux was named MVP. And I believe Patrice Bergeron was the only Bruin represented in the Central Division. Yeah, yeah, it's a little sad. But they made it really family friendly, too. So I saw a lot of players bringing their kids out, uh, their entire families onto the ice, being a part of the game. And I know uh, Patrice Bergeron had his 
super gorgeous wife and my future stepchildren there all three of them um i want to say their names are like bobby joey and Susie. no that's not it but uh sure we'll call them that Henri, uh Henri <laughs> junior i know what i know the oldest one is zach i forget the other names but um but anyway zach spelled z-a-c-q-u-e <laughs> Yeah, uh, but no, but it was really cool. They made it really family friendly and they had the kids on the ice and stuff like that, too. And they had them in the stands cheering them on. And, uh, you know, the All-Star Game, it's it's really just a fun time. You know, the skills competition is really cool to see who can do what. Uh, but, you know, it's 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 for peanuts. It's for bragging rights. It's really not for anything. Um you know, it's just uh, it's just for fun. It's for the fans, you know, and it's for uh, it's really just also for camaraderie, really, uh, to show that, you know, even though they play against each other, um, ultimately, they're all friends for the most part and uh, unity and all that other fun stuff. And oh, fun fact, uh, now with Tom Brady retiring, Zdeno Chara at the age of 44 is the oldest person playing in sports oh yeah that's true that yes. is very true yes so um i believe he is currently with the rangers is he with the rangers i know he's in new york islanders? he's with the islanders islanders um yeah i mean obviously not <laughs> I had to think for a minute, so obviously not making waves uh, over in New York. But still, you know, he's uh, chugging along. I believe it's a one-year contract. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But uh, speaking of one-year contracts, we're going to talk about what's brewing. So first off, the Bruins are currently in fourth place in the Atlantic Division, 14 points out of First, and that place belongs to the Florida Panthers. Uh, fun fact: Patrice Bergeron currently leads the league in total faceoffs at 973, as well as wins 613 of them, giving him a success rate of 63%. So, typically, anybody who has over a 50% uh, faceoff win percentage, that's considered good. Um, I believe nobody else is in the 60% range. I know a couple of players are in the upper 50s. But, uh, yeah, Patrice Bergeron holding strong. He's really like the key. I believe the article that I saw, that I read, uh, called him Patrice the Thief. Which, uh, eh, I mean, I, I, I guess it kind of rhymes if you're trying to go for something like that. Um, eh, eh. He's, just, he's just really good, you guys. Um, and lastly, speaking about the Bruins right now, we need to talk about Tuka. Do we have to? Tuka Rask. Rask, who shouldn't even be on the team. So prior to the All-Star break, Tuka, who just came back in January, signed to a one-year, one-million-dollar contract with the Bruins. Uh, Prior to the All-Star break, Coach Cassidy said, without giving specifics, uh, made it sound like Rass was experiencing unexpected issues related to his summer surgery regarding his hip. Did he return too soon, or should he have returned at all? Um, I will say this. 
I appreciate what Tuca has done for the team. I don't think they should have signed him. I don't think he should have returned. I don't think he should be playing right now. I don't think he has fully recovered from his injury. I think he may have slightly re-injured himself. So he came back, he played a couple of really crappy games, and now he's out. And they brought Swayman back up. So, you know, he came back, they they pushed Swayman because they have Ulmark right now. Uh, so they sent Swayman back down to Providence. Uh, and then Tuka is out, so they brought Swayman back up. And I'm just going to say this. Uh, the camaraderie and the friendship and the energy on the ice when Swayman is in net is completely different from the energy and such that is on the ice when Tuka is in net. Um, you know, I... Uh, there's something to be said when the guys, you know, and this is last season, um, when Swayman was in net saying how, you know, he talks to us. He tells us what to look for. He communicates with us. Um, and when he's not telling us those things, he's, he's cheering us on. He's, you know, giving us uh, the energy. He's, you know, He's there. Now, the goalie is the backbone of the team. Sure, you have the captain, and obviously uh, the Bruins have probably one of the greatest captains, you know, in, in hockey right now, both on and off ice. Uh, most players have nothing but respect for Patrice Bergeron um, and, and fans, too. But um, the goalie sees all. The goalie is the one who is on the ice all the time. You know, uh, as long as the goalie doesn't get pulled. So the goalie sees everything and the goalie is there. And, you know, the fact that uh, Swayman is there, he's giving words of encouragement. He's communicating with his play, you know, uh, his teammates. He's giving, um, you know, like, hey, you know, look here, look there. He's really just working with his team versus working against his team or keeping silent or, you know, expecting. Um, I, I don't know. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I didn't want Tuca to come back. Tuca was good when he was good, but he really flakes in the playoffs. He has never had a good playoff run for the most part. And when it comes down to it, sometimes he's the reason why we lose. You know, I mean, yes, sometimes, you know, we need better plays in front of him you know better defensive plays in front of him but when it comes down to it you know he just his heart isn't in it sometimes and the energy just isn't there and you have this young kid in Swayman who just he wants it he wants it so bad he wants it so bad you know and and just to see the the difference in you know the way that the players uh so I saw this thing where it was after the game, he went and he hugged like everyone, you know, after they won, you didn't see that from Tuca. You just saw Tuca going from, I mean, granted, you know, we don't know what happened in the locker room and stuff, but you know, there's just, there's just two different competing energies right there. And I don't think Tuca was ready to come back. I think he pushed it. I think that he should have waited. 
I think that uh, the Bruins may have, or I should say that the the higher ups in the Bruins office maybe put too much pressure on him to sign that contract and get out on the ice. I don't think he was ready. And it's obvious he wasn't ready because he's already re-injured. And we don't know how long this is going to be, when he's going to come back. You know, so it'll be interesting. And, you know, for them to be currently 14 points out of first place, like, that's not okay. That's not okay. I mean, they're fourth in the Atlantic Division. Atlantic? No. Yes. No. Metropolitan? Yes. Yeah, fourth, fourth, currently fourth in the Atlantic Division. I'm reading my notes right now. I haven't drunk that much wine. Um, you know, it's it's not okay. Like, I, I don't foresee them clinching a playoff spot if they keep up what they've been doing. And it's not necessarily, um, you know, they need, they need to do a lot. They need to, A, score points. They need better defense and they need someone reliable in goal. Now, I mean, I can't blame Tuca for everything because he's only been back since, you know, early January, but like, I, I don't, something has to happen. Something has to, something needs to be done. And if the Bruins don't make the playoffs this year, um, a, you're going to have one very unhappy slashes. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think, Cassidy and Sweeney should be gone. Uh, Sweeney definitely. Um, well, I mean, what it comes down to Cassidy. Well, I mean, it's not that I don't like Cassidy, but look at some of their their power plays are so frustrating. They just pass back and forth, back we, and forth, yeah, back we, and, forth, and that back was and something and that like, they had you from. You cannot score if you are Julian. just passing. And that's they spend way too much time in the front of a net, just passing back and forth, thus giving the other team opportunity to steal the puck and make their way what down was the, the game ice. We had on when we were recording a couple of weeks ago, where they were on the power play for like uh, three plus minutes. They were on, and they gave up two shorthanded they, goals or something. They were five on three, and then they had two power plays. Ultimately, they were five on three for like a couple of minutes or or no, they were five on three for like a minute and then they were um, four on three. Uh, So they had the two man advantage for a couple of minutes for a minute and then they had, you know, the man advantage for a minute Um, and they did nothing with it. They couldn't score. They just kept passing back and forth and back and forth. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, you know, it, it reminds me of the. Claude Julian days where, you know, they thought they could win games with just defense alone. And it's like, you can't do that. You can't do that. Can't win game zero, zero. Exactly. Exactly. And they don't have defense good enough to do that anyways. So like I said, you know, to quote RuPaul, girls, you need to step your pussy up. Like seriously. In a big fucking way. Seriously. Like make moves, do something. You know, I don't know when uh trade deadline is. I should have looked that up, but you know, you need to do something. And you know, Tukarask is not the answer. He's not the answer. He's so unreliable. Um, you know, if he wants to go play hockey, he can go play hockey for Team Finland. Go live in Finland to you know, go uh, like we don't want you. Uh, no, not that, March twenty first. Um, but you know, it, it's March twenty first. I'm sure some other team would gladly pick him up. 
but to invest one million dollars for one year and he's injured already like we don't know when he's coming back we don't know what he's doing like it's just it's 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 too much and it's not worth it and i don't think he should have been brought back in the first place yeah i agree uh the fact that he was like skating and playing and like practicing with these guys before being a member of the team well i mean like but we knew this was gonna happen we knew this was going to happen. We knew Tuka was not going anywhere, unfortunately. Like, I had hopes that maybe somebody would be smart enough to be like, hey, you know what? Maybe we don't. Maybe we invest in a good goalie. A guy who craps his pants every a playoff. A goalie, and we make Swayman our backup. Our the guy true backup. guy who fucking just abandoned us during the bubble. Well, that's, you know, and, and again, you know, his heart isn't in. I thought he should have retired two years ago, but he keeps coming back. Tuka's our guy. And they keep coming back and keep coming back. Like, at least, you know, in this way, I can respect what Belichick does, where he cuts a guy a year too early rather than in this case, like four years too late. Like, move on from Tuka You are Rask. not going to win a Stanley Cup with Tuka Rask. You just aren't. He's already proven it twice. He's proven it to you twice. Like, and the second time it was in your fucking building and he allowed the other team to go up like four to one. Like he never gave you a shot. Like there is no way that fucking Jordan Bennington, who's done jack shit since, should have beaten Tuka Rask, two-time Vezina Trophy winner. Reason. Tuka Rask has his name on the Stanley Cup is because of Tim Thomas, because he backed him up. That is it. Tuka Rask has not earned his way onto that Stanley Cup. And he won't. He just won't. Because he chokes in the playoffs. Yeah. All the time. Nonstop. Or he leaves his, he abandons his team. Now, granted, again, I don't know the situation. I, I don't, I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't want to make false accusations, but like, you know, but still, you know, aside from the year that he left his team in the bubble, you know, to go and, and, and be, you know, where was he that other year that they went to the Stanley cup finals? Where was he? He wasn't there. I mean, he was there obviously physically, but he wasn't there mentally. He chokes. He's unreliable. You need to get yourself a goalie who is not only able to be there for you during the regular season, but carry that energy or even up that energy in the playoffs and be able to take you all the way through the Stanley Cup finals and obviously ultimately winning you that victory. Right. Uh, and it's it's frustrating and, that he's it's still there. It's not Tukarask at all. You know, when they signed him, I'm like, oh good, they don't they don't want to win a cup this year. They just don't. And when you have players like Patrice Bergeron, who are you know, I mean, he's 36. He'll be 37 this year. Uh, he's not that old. He has a few years left. Um, I know he it's a contract year for him, and he hasn't signed anything yet. And I've heard some speculation, but that's all that it is. It's just speculation from these uncredited sites. I don't believe it. Um, you know, some of these guys on this team, you know, they want to stay with this team. They believe in this team. But I, to be completely honest with you, 
I wouldn't be surprised if some of these guys who have been with this team for so long decide to go someplace else because they want another shot at at a victory. You know, I, they 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 want to win. They want to win games. They want to win playoff games. They want to win championships. And you're not going to do that with Tuka and Net. These guys deserve better. This team deserves, and I don't care, you know, I know um, this past weekend at the uh, at the yeah, All-Star game. game, Bergeron was interviewed and he said nothing but great things about Tuca and, you know, their history together and blah, 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 blah. But Bergeron's not going to sit there and he's not the type of guy who's going to talk ill about anybody. That's, he's he's Canadian. He's nice. That's what they do. Um you know, so I, I just, I, I think it's a detriment to the team. The fact that they signed him to a one-year deal. I have a feeling that he's not going to see much ice time because he's probably still nursing this, this injury and he's not ready yet. It's all right. And... He'll start in the playoffs. If they make it, he'll start every fucking game in the playoffs. And you yeah. know, he will. Well, not only that, you know, to have Swayman, uh, be, you know, obviously, um, Allmark was their number one. Swayman was their number two. Uh, have Swayman start so many games and win so many games only to have him be sent back down to Providence. Now, I know it, it, he probably knew this was coming, but still, you know, to have his confidence shattered being sent back down to Providence. And guess what? He's in Providence and he's winning games for them. Exactly as he always has been. You know, so I just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. They could have traded him. I'm sure some other team would have gotten some use out of him. Um, especially only to have him play a handful of games, not even uh, lose most of them and then have him out due to injury. It's just not worth it. Yeah, not worth no, it. It, I, it, I, I you're think this just is a... disrupting the locker room. You're disrupting the chemistry on the ice. You're disrupting the dynamic of the team. It never should have happened. And they knew it was going to happen because he was there in the facility practicing with them, which is unfucking heard of for a free agent goalie to be practicing with a team that he's not a part of. Like, that doesn't happen. It's not like when Henrik Lundqvist was a, a, a free agent, he wasn't practicing with the Rangers and, like, being involved with them as if he was on the team. You know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, eh, that's a joint effort. But three times? This is 27 times. You know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I've had Tuka's back in the past. Um, I've really gone to bat for him before. Uh, we knew I, I who just, he was in 2010. I just can't we do it. We knew who he was in 2010. Thirteen years of this shit. We knew who he was in 2010 when he got absolutely ruined by the Flyers when they swept the Bruins, and even in the last game, the Bruins were up three nothing, and then the Flyers come back and won four straight including the Bruins being up 3-0 in Game 7, and then he gave up four goals to lose Game 7. Like, they have done everything they could for this guy. It was like, well, he's young. It's like, all right, that was that was in 2010. He's just done the same thing every year in the playoffs. It's just sometimes he waits until the, the Stanley Cup to shit his pants. Sometimes, literally. Like, I can't. I, I can't. I can't. I can't. 
I can't. Um, we're actually going to wrap it up now because we're over two hours at this point. Uh, I know we haven't gotten to MLB, but there's really not a lot of stuff going on in baseball with the lockout. Uh, hopefully that gets resolved soon. Um, NBA, we'll have a lot more NBA next week because the trade deadline is uh, this Thursday. Thursday or Friday, the 10th, whatever day the 10th is, that's the trade deadline. So we'll have a lot more for that. Um, so I think this is a good place to stop because we're, we're almost two hours just in this segment alone. And Ashes and I earlier were like, yeah, this shouldn't go more than an hour, but we get fired up. And then we started talking. So... It's the loudest sports show. We get the fired up. Probably a good, yeah, we've gone through two bottles of wine while we recorded this. So probably good thing Jimmy Bells didn't join us this week. Uh, but we will be back uh, probably next week for trade deadline and Super Bowl talk. And what? I was just going to say, until next week, kids, try to stay out of the penalty box. Good night. Good night. I love you. Peace out. I'm out of here.